with Ecoside, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are, um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effect. They're coming for our food next. He who controls the food controls the people. What are you going to do when our shelves are as bare as those in Europe? Now, grow your own food with electroculture. Your food will grow faster and bigger and more nutritious with no chemicals, no side effects, no ecocide. And you'll have peace of mind and save money too. This month, get a free six-pack of 12-inch green thumb antennas with any $50 purchase at electrofreedom.com. Just use promo code LEAP at checkout and get your seedlings started today. to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. time to resist they can't arrest us all and they can't keep all your kids home from school they can't keep every government building closed we don't have to accept the mandates lockdowns and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats we can simply say no not again the only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply refuse to show vaccine passports refuse to wear a mask refuse to stay at home we will not comply with Fauci, we will not comply with Joe Biden, and we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am 
not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly while your parents were asleep. 
Now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent, but you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn oaths they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, filing other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. I don't feel like going home, but all my cash is gone. Yeah, I got nothing to do tonight. I'm passed out on the floor, up in the hotel bar. But it don't matter because I'm feeling fine. I'm thinking life's too short, it's passing by. So if I'm gonna go it all, go big or go
Oh, you can't see me. Welcome back, Freedom Gardeners, to another episode of Freedom Gardens. I am V. Lynn. Heather, unfortunately, couldn't make it today. She had to work. I hate it when she has to work, but that happens. Got to pay the bills somehow. Hmm. Anyway, uh, today we are going to talk about planting for success without getting overwhelmed. How to plant enough food so that you can grow enough food to support your whole family without spending 15 hours a day in the gardens. Because I promise you it's possible. It's called succession planting. So here's the deal. It's really simple. When you plant something, whatever it is right now, right? We're in February. We're planting uh, broccoli and cauliflower and kale, salad greens, peas. Um, just started the uh, cucumbers and zucchini, those kinds of things, right? When you see, well, here's the deal. When you plant all that stuff and I mean, when you first set your garden, you know, like I planted out the whole garden the other day and I'm going to do another one this week. When you plant out your garden, that's a solid day. I think it took me six hours to do the whole thing. Which actually isn't that bad, honestly. Probably not even like four hours. Six hours when you include the, you know, breaks that I took. Um, and I haven't mulched it yet because it just sprouted. Now that it just sprouted, when everything is ready to harvest, I'm not going to be able to eat all of it all at once, right? You can store some, certainly, canned things, peas, things like that are great for canning, but salad greens, uh, even broccoli and cauliflower, and you can freeze them, but what if you just want to eat them fresh? So plants in succession. When something sprouts or it gets to be a you know good size, plants it again somewhere else or even next to it, depending on how much space you have. Once you get towards the end of the growing season for that plant, like the end of the planting season, um, for example, peas, you can really only plant in January, February, and March here, maybe a little bit in April because I'm in, you know, good South. When you're planting them in March or April, plant them in bags or pots that you can move into a shady area so that you put them in the shade part of your garden and then it extends it out longer. But don't just plant it once and then stop. Don't plant all of your seeds at once and then not plant them again. Plant a quarter of your seeds. And then three weeks later, plant another quarter of your seeds. And three weeks later, plant another quarter of your seeds, right? So you're planting them in, in succession so that you can continue to eat those things throughout the growing season and hopefully get enough to can so that you can eat them in the winter as well. Um, it's really that simple. And then you can just spend like an hour a day planting. Do you have an hour a day to spend out in your garden, grounding, getting some time to yourself, getting your hands dirty, be it in pots or in the ground? Can you spare an hour a day for that? Because if you can't, you might want to have to take a hard, good hard look at your life. Because it's really important. It's priorities. 
So succession planting is really easy. It's really easy. So let's, uh, let me show you kind of what things are growing around here right now. If I can find them. <laughs> oh, I love it when this happens. <laughs> there it is. All right. Here we go. So let's see a little bit of what I did this week. It was supposed to rain this morning, so I did some videos earlier in the week. And then it didn't really rain this morning. That's what happens. I guess they didn't drop enough chemtrails in the sky this week. Here you go. Check this out. All right, here we go. Right here. Obviously, I'm digging a good big hole. All right, so I've got a decent depth hole there. Getting through those roots. Let's plant this antenna. Now, while I do this, I'm essentially going to be raising this roof up at the same time. So, have to use the slightly shorter one, I think. I'll have to go further in the back. Not that much shorter, and it's heavy as hell, but it should pop.
antenna planted. So I'm in the process of replacing the electroculture antennas in the pepper garden since I planted it out. Um, so that's how you plant one. I buried a hole about eight inches deep, dug a hole about eight inches deep, put the antenna in there and uh, buried it. That was it. I actually did three of them. Um, a five, well, no, a six foot antenna was the one you saw. And then uh, another bigger one. Um, the first one that went up in the middle of the garden. And then a third one as well. The, the giant branch in the pepper garden I have yet to make into antenna wicks, but I'm going to be doing that this week, actually. And it looks like rumble is down. Um, it's telling me like this page isn't working. Rumble.com is down. And yet I still seem to be broadcasting to it. So hopefully, I mean, I can't see the chats. I can't even get into rumble right now. So I don't know what's going on over there, but I'll just keep going because it's not the only place we broadcast to. Um, so hopefully if you were watching on rumble and, and it's, it's not going, you come over to X or pill.net and watch over here, uh, even on Telegram, Odyssey, or else, uh, DLive, Cannabis and Combat DLive, yeah. So, um, so I'm in the process of, like I said, replacing the all the electroculture in the pepper garden. There's nine stakes in there right now. Um, so three I've replaced with bigger ones. Basically what I've done is, the three that I've put in there so far are either too big or too heavy to ship. Um, so those I kept. There's some more of branches that I've just cut. Essentially, I'm going to make them into like not full antennas, but I'm going to use them as electroculture antennas and let them dry, dry out in the pepper garden as antennas. And then next year I can sand them down and ship them, um, turn them into, you know, nice appropriate antennas for sale. So, um, but I also planted a whole bunch of bags out. So uh, in order to do that, I needed more compost. I am in the process of kind of going through everywhere and, and consolidating bags into, you know, one big thing of dirt. But um, I also have a whole bunch of dirt compost in my chicken enclosure. Just have to dig it out. Hello, Freedom Gardeners. I just dug six large bags of compost out of the chicken enclosure. And there's still probably another mm, dozen bags I can dig out of here. But digging shit is hard work, so we'll leave it for now. I'm going to put a little bit of uh, regular soil on top of it and plant some stuff, put them in here. But before, and then I'm going to basically mulch, put a whole bunch of leaf mulch and stuff in here. So let the chickens have at it again, which is what this is. It's leaf mulch, hay, mud, dirt, and uh, chicken shit. So they're having at it now. I'll put a bunch of leaves in there. I'm also, since Mick mowed and made a whole bunch of uh, fine leaf mulch, I'm gonna mulch in here. But first, let's do a video and see what's growing. All right, so into the pepper garden, which has already been sown. I am waiting on the cucumbers to come up in here. 
But you see the peas have come up nicely all the way around. That's good. I planted a nice electroculture antenna in here. I'm gonna plant herbs in there. I had to move this, move those out. I planted this nice electroculture antenna in here. And the third one over there. So I have six more to replace now. And uh, yeah, so here we are. I do need to hang the hoses a little better, a little tighter, put more zip ties. I just need to get more zip ties, it's fine. I've got peas coming up in here. And over in here, I might have some lettuces coming up in there, looks like, okay. Then, <laughs> hello, sir. I have a Brussels sprout or two sprouting in there. You see them? One, two, three, four, five, six. Bunch of Brussels sprouts in there. Down in here, I've got the lettuces starting. There's something down this line, too. And there as well, the bok choy, maybe a cabbage or two in there. I think turnips in between the peppers there. And some stuff coming up in here too. This of course is planted first, so this is all growing up now. So all these, it's kale, salad greens, this broccoli back here is amazing. I'm probably gonna cut that and eat that and let it grow some more. Um, I don't see the onions coming up in here yet inside these things, but they may take a little bit longer. So that's where we're at right now with the pepper garden. Peas all the way around, they're doing well. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of fine leaf mulch and uh, mulch in here and rehang the hoses so they're tighter because they're drooping too much so all the water is coming down and flooding stuff I want it more evenly distributed so and then I'll stay out of the pepper garden for the next week and in a week or two you'll see that thing bloom it'll I mean it won't quite look like what's behind me that's what it looked like last year but um and I'm doing different things in there. But now that the kale and the salad greens and such have started to bloom, I've, again, planted more. Just in a different place. Now these that I planted last week, some of these are sprouting, right? See, I got lemons going in there. And then, ooh, look at that. Look at these guys sprouting in their own nice little greenhouses. I love it. Uh, I can't see yet with the kale. Or the cauliflower. These things. Broccoli. Ooh, the broccoli sprouted. Let's see if you can see it. See it? That's sprouted. What's in here? 
not quite yet. Kale, have you sprouted yet? Ooh, yeah. See, I got kale sprouting in there. Swiss chard, have you sprouted yet? I can't see. Or the spinach, I can't see. I mean, I can take the top off and look down. Yep, that sprouted too. So, now that these guys have sprouted, I can plant some more. And then down here, I planted carrots. Carrots in Pepsi bottles. Because why not? Sounds like fun, right? Carrots and Pepsi bottles. I planted uh, three in each. They should hopefully grow nice and long and well in there. Carrots and Pepsi bottles. Carrots and Pepsi bottles. I haven't planted carrots other places yet, um, although I'm going to. But again, plant you know three or four carrots in each bottle every couple of days. And then when it's harvest time, you get three or four carrots every couple of days. And then plant a big crop somewhere so that you have, you know, some to can. But those are to eat and then others to can. So, and uh, here's how I'm keeping track of everything. Let's talk about success. Succession planting for success. Succession planting for success. So, my January board, my February board, right? And you can see, like the cantaloupe, 2-6, 2-9, radishes, 2-14, 2-16, same with the beets. Um, as you plant things, plant more. Don't just wait to pull them and then plant more because some things you can only plant, you know, in January, February, March, but you can plant something and then as soon as it sprouts, plant another row of seeds somewhere. And then once you get a little bit closer towards the end of its growing season, plant it in bags. That way you can move them into a shady spot. So you always have food going. Succession planting for success. Yeah, classical chick. Carrots are a bitch in the ground. It's they really it really has to be loose, fine soil. Um, in fact, my mom has Liam today there shopping. Um, she's buying him sneakers and uh, sand for his basketball hoop and getting his computer fixed. And so uh, she was like, I don't need sand for the basketball hoop because we put water in it. And I was like, no, no, just get the sand anyway. He's like, wait, we don't need it. I was like, no, no, I can use it to plant carrots. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're getting sand to plant carrots. Um, yeah. Anyway, moving on to the garden that I'm going to work on starting Monday. This garden, we are going to start on Monday. My son is going to help me fence in the top and hopefully move those trellises, which means I have to pull all of this down and out, um, essentially leveling this garden, well, except for these trellises, and uh, redoing the whole thing. So next week, starting on Monday, I planted some uh, turnips, radishes, and beets in these three things here. That's with the chicken shit compost. 
And let's go check out the duck enclosure. So let's see if any of the peppers are popping up yet, or the potatoes. Not yet, it's pretty deep in there though. I'm sure they'll come up. Okay, duck enclosure. So, all the peas are going great. All my garlic is coming up here. Strawberries down the side. This is a very happy garden. Look at that strawberry blooming there. So, duck enclosure, looking good. Waiting on the lettuce to pop up in the center. And it'll take a while. But this is looking very beautiful. So there we go. I was debating on pulling the leaf mulch out because it doesn't look very aesthetically pretty. I don't give a shit about that though, because now it's keeps the ground moist and warm on those nights that, you know, it might get down in the forties here, which I think we're pretty much done with that, but you never know. Um, end of February, first week in March can sometimes get a little touch and go. So I think I'm going to leave it there because as the, the leaves decompose, they just turn into compost and fertilizer anyway. So might as well leave them. I also started a whole bunch of things inside. So if you're in places, and of course, when we had the freeze, I moved my tomatoes inside, um, put some antennas in some and not in others, but you can use antennas inside just like you can outside. So check this out. So I came over to water the plants here in front of the window and my seeds at the bottom and look at this. or a good portion of them have already sprouted. Look how pretty those are. I don't think the peppers have come up yet, but that's okay. A lot of these guys, both seeds sprouted. <laughs> so, I'll water them. I guess I'll probably leave the top off of them for now because they're starting to hit it. So very soon I will move those out and put them into little containers um, with their own antennas, little seedling antennas, and get them going from there. So um, those are uh, looking really nice. Starting seeds inside. It's just keeping the dogs away from them. That's the most difficult part. So uh, let's check out some more of outside. All right. I got peas starting to sprout on this side. Maybe a melon on this side. No melons yet in here, but the peas are starting to sprout. So it's gonna be fun. Hopefully I should have peas and melons crawling all down my front yard, really piss off the neighbor across the street. That'd be awesome. Anyway, then I went on a duck egg hunt and I kind of walked around the property this morning since it didn't really rain to plan for the future. Hello, friends. It's raining. Yeah, kind of drizzling a little bit. I am on a search for some duck eggs, though. And I kind of want to see if the things that I planted over here have started sprouting yet. Probably not. Hmm. Oh, there's a pea. See that little pea sprouted there? Okay, 
It'd take a while, but that's okay. I actually think I planted stuff over here first. I'll put that in a second. Right here is gonna be my next melon box. I think I'm gonna build that this week. So, kind of like the one I did in the back. Um, and it'll get some decent shade. I'll put it up over there a bit. And uh, I'll have melons and salads and stuff like that in there. Let them grow out over the sides and all over the place. Let's see what we've got over here. I have planted some zucchini up in here. But I don't see that it's sprouted yet. I don't know that it will. But maybe something will surprise me. We'll get there. It'll take a while. So let's go try and find some duck eggs. I might have an idea as to where they are. This spot is also a great place to grow mushrooms. If you can see, there's mushrooms already growing. But I don't know what kind they are, which is a little rough. But I will be growing mushrooms back here as well. Probably in this little corner here. The melon box will be right about here where I'm standing right now. And then coming down the side yard, we call that Gator Cove where I'm putting the melon box because the gator likes to sit there sometimes. And right up in here, I'm going to plant the orange trees. I'm gonna cut some of these and let them dry. Like that's a perfect tree for an antenna right there. Um, so I'll cut some of these down back and uh, plant orange trees right here. So people love to come over here and throw garbage, which is really annoying. But let's see if I can find some uh, duck eggs. Out of this back. There go my duckies in the pond. I know I'm coming. Hi duckies. Hi duckies. I think I spied an egg over here when I was walking the dogs. I could be wrong, but they like to sit right up in here. Like that's their spot. Hmm. but I don't see any duck eggs. I'm 
I don't find them soon, I'm gonna end up with ducklings. Which wouldn't necessarily be bad, but where's my duck eggs, duckies? I got nothing. Hmm. I don't know. I'm gonna have to walk all the way around the pond and try and find the damn duck eggs, which I, I might, at the same time, I can pull a lot of wood that's already fallen and turn it into antennas. Uh, so Super Nerd said, I have a few questions I wanted to ask you, Moda. I know you guys promote electroculture. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on whether or not it works. I assume your experience has been good. My experience has been incredible. Uh, in fact, if you look in the show notes, um, I actually participated in the Spring Vegetable Gardening Summit that comes out in nine days. Um, and uh, I did a whole presentation on electroculture, the history of electroculture, um, what it's done for us, how it's worked for us, and then at the end, a promotion for my business that I started because I've had such amazing results for it. And that's just if you don't have the time or energy or materials to do it yourself, because I highly encourage you to do it yourself. It's incredible. My okra was 14 feet tall. I'm not sure how the okra is going to do with the roof on the, the uh, ceiling, basically, on the garden this year, because last year it grew higher than that. And there were two and three okra pods in every single one. My Tabasco plant that I cut all the way back gave me over 10,000 Tabasco peppers, 10,000 Tabasco peppers off of one plant in one season. It was incredible. My California, my green peppers, you know, sweet peppers, I would get, again, two and three on like on every branch. I was picking two, three, four peppers a week off of every plant. And I had six plants going down the line um, and they produced forever and they got to be over six feet tall. I mean, it was just incredible. So I do electroculture a little bit differently than other people do. And it's primarily because of the way I place my antennas. Um, you know, when you make the antennas and there's different, people go back and forth. Um, they say you should wrap it counterclockwise in the south, clockwise in the north, working off a flat earth plane. So basically if your ground freezes, wrap, you wrap the copper around the wood um, clockwise. If it does not freeze or not appreciably, like my ground really doesn't freeze, then you wrap it counterclockwise. Put your antenna six inches. I mean, depending on the size of the antenna, the little seedling ones, like the 12 inch ones that you get, um, you know, you can make, it doesn't have to be a specific size. You just see a little tree branch, you know, little, whatever, a little tiny branch that's fallen off, wrap some copper around it and stick it in your little seedling pot and watch, it'll, it'll take off. The roots will actually wrap around the antenna. Um, but the way I do mine in my gardens is I've integrated sacred geometry with electroculture because I was listening to a podcast uh, about a year and a half ago. And this lady was talking about crop circles. And she said that when a crop circle is not from like an alien spaceship leaving a pattern, you know, in a cornfield, that's, that's not what it is. It's actually an energy pulse that comes up out of the earth. All crop circles are in the form of sacred geometry. So if you look at it from above, 
it'll be in, say, a Fibonacci sequence in a spiral. And all of the plants that grow inside crop circles grow 40% bigger. Um, they're disease resistant, pest resistant, drought resistant, basically all the same qualities from electroculture. So I thought, well, what if I integrated the two? So I took my electroculture antennas and some of my antennas are, you know, 15 feet tall. I mean, they're insane. I have one in the back that's like 25 feet tall. Let me tell you, that was a bitch to get in. Um, I had to get it through my pool enclosure to get it out into the very back of my house. But uh, that was a standalone one. Works great though. Um, but the ones that I put in the garden, the pepper garden, I put in a perfect spiral. I plotted it out. I gridded it out using math and then gridded out copper wire on the bottom. That's not necessary. It was more for placement for me because where the copper connected was where the antennas were to be placed. And I made a spiral with the nine antennas going around and then connected them on top of the copper. And I had cucumbers growing off the copper wire that was connecting them. That was like 12 feet away from the original cucumber plant. I mean, it was insane how much food that I got. Now I have a lot of mouths to feed, right? I have 17 chickens, two very large dogs. Well, if you combine them, combine their weight and average them out, they're still two very large dogs. Um, and, uh, of course, two large growing boys. My 12 year old is almost as tall as I am. And my 17 year old is taller than both Mick and I by a significant amount. And neither one are fat. They just eat a lot. And then of course myself and Mick. So it's a lot of mouths to feed. So I grew just enough last year to feed us all the way through the growing season. Basically I started seriously planting my gardens in April, which was way too late, way too late, which is why I didn't have enough to save over the winter. That's why I'm starting now in February. I started planting, I mean, I started seeds really in December, but I started planting outside of my gardens in February. Um, February 2nd was my first big planting day because you want to think about what you want in eight weeks, right? You should look at your garden six to eight weeks ahead. Where are you going to be in six to eight weeks? The stuff you want to eat then, do not plant now. Like if you think you should be planting it in April, you should be planting it in February even if it's starting the seed indoors so that as soon as your ground unfreezes, you can plant it outside. Uh, mean Bear once said, um, garden had tomato plants over 10 feet tall and 10 plants did all we needed for canning, pasta sauce, uh, pieced tomatoes, diced tomatoes, and watermelon vines were about 30 feet long with electroculture. So it's, it, it's wild how it works. It just, it works. It's quite amazing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. So plant now. And then again, in two weeks or three weeks, plant a little bit more of the same thing. And then in a couple of weeks, plant a little bit more of the same thing so that you're not harvesting everything all at once, especially because your plants will produce up to five times more food with electroculture and grow twice as fast. I'm not kidding on that. They will grow twice as fast. Um, so my guy, check this out. Well, I'm a little further behind than I wanted to be because some neighbors came by that I hadn't met before. They stopped to look at the chickens and I asked them if I could help them. And the next thing you know, we're, you know, daughter, a little younger than me is getting out with her mom. Who's, um, very sweet, but, uh, so I showed them the chickens and the gardens and all that. 
And now I'm back here to make some videos again before the show. These guys obviously are quite content back here. So they're having a blast and she is healing up very nicely. Her puncture on the top, let's look at you there, babe. Look at you, there's Emmy. See, her puncture is just about healed. Getting there. So, anyway, strawberries. Now, most of the stuff has gotten cleared out. I'm actually thinking about using this corral right now for some antennas as things are drying or as I'm making them. Um, we'll see. You know, we reutilize stuff all the time. Potatoes, again, I need to cover these. Potatoes coming up. Antennas. And my strawberries. Oh, look at those salad greens just pop really hard. Oh, that's so pretty. And I really, really, really need to put some covering over this because obviously they're getting in there. At the end of this season, in eight months when that garlic finishes growing actually, I'm gonna pull everything out of here, move the strawberries over and fill this up, but it'll be a while. So, but we'll be eating off those in no time. That's some beautiful spinach right there. Very nice. And then, of course, my little chicken coop going on. And this, I don't believe anything has come up yet, but that's okay. It'll take a while for things to sprout. We're going to keep them nice and moist until then with all this pine straw. So, you know, I only planted them last week, but it's going. Nice little area. I've got to clean this out. I think I'm going to build a little coop out of pallets for those guys. Probably put it uh, like right about there. I have so many projects, so much to do, but it'll get done in due time. Here, uh, my beets are actually doing well in there. And then my parsley that I cut all the way back, just came right back. These sally greens are doing well. I really need to cut all this lemongrass back, pull it, replant it in other places. It's okay, I'll get to it eventually my lemon or my lime tree here is starting to sprout up some new growth so that'll get really big pretty soon i also have i believe turnip beets salad greens in here that are just starting to come up strawberries over here spreading all the way down strawberries 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 everywhere um, yeah, so those yellow ones are not strawberries. Those are, um, fake strawberries, essentially. They look just like strawberries, but they're not. And then I think I'm going to move this potato box further back. I'm kind of going to switch it, put it further back on that side. I'm going to cut that stuff down and expand, extend this garden out through here quite a bit. So probably next week, we'll get there.
I did see if I go back just a little bit here. That potato was, you see that? That's potato leaves sprouting up in there. I need to cover those hardcore, like now. So maybe I won't be moving that potato box because they are growing, very much growing. So um, it was a good pot, good spot for them. But uh, let's see. So start planting now. Seriously, start planting now. Start planting your seeds right now. If you want to get some electroculture antennas, go to electrofreedom.com. When you spend $50 on whatever, it could be, there's homemade laundry detergent in there. Works really well, actually. Um, or, you know, get a large antenna to put in your garden when your ground unfreezes. Or now, just add a six-pack of 12-inch antennas to your cart. Use promo code LEAP at checkout. They're free. You get a six-pack of antennas for free when you spend $50 at electrofreedom.com. Because you got to plant your seeds now. Like, I want everyone to be able to grow as much food as they possibly can to reduce your grocery bill significantly. I mean, I hardly spend anything on groceries during the growing season. Hopefully next winter, I will, I'll be able to continue that because I'll be able to grow enough starting now that I'll have leftovers to be able to can. Um, so start now. Plus the food in the grocery store is so gross. It's so gross, y'all. There's so many chemicals. There's so many pesticides. Even the organic shit is shit. It really is. It's so, it's so bad. And once you start eating real, all natural food, like non-processed food, you can't go back. So my mom gave us all this expired food. It's not, you know, it's not really expired. Like again, vinegar doesn't expire. They just put an expiration date on there so that you're like, oh, I have to go buy some more. That's not how that works. Um, so she gave me and like canned goods. So I, I brought home like six bags and four boxes of food, cans and vinegars and whatever. But she, she did throw some stuff in there. Um, cause the kids complain, oh, there's not enough food to eat in this house. Cause they eat everything. They eat everything. That's how boys are. So she sent home some macaroni and cheese, you know, processed shit in a box or in the cups which Liam used to love. He used to love them. So he made one. He was so excited to see them in the cabinet. And he made one yesterday. And he came to me and he was like, mom, that expired food is terrible. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, uh, I, I ate one of the macaroni and cheese cups. It was gross. I said, baby, that's not expired. That's just gross. It's just not real food. Don't eat that. That's what happens. So instead, we're learning to make real food. So let's see what's uh, going on I'm cooking with Liam. Because we made peanut butter cookies. And we're basically, it's kind of starting with baking with Liam. I love to bake personally. They love to eat baked goods. And once you start baking, you know, once you get the hang of baking, cooking's really easy. So yeah, kids totally think those expiration dates are real. Like they're, I'm sorry, they're not. Now on milk, maybe, but you know what happens when milk starts to turn? You can turn it into other things. Like you can make your own sour cream. Do you know that? Or cottage cheese, things like that. Same thing with cream. When heavy cream, not that it lasts long enough in this house to turn, but when it starts to turn, you, uh, 
turn it into butter. And then you have buttermilk and you make buttermilk biscuits or pancakes. So anyway, let's learn how to make some peanut butter cookies. Welcome back to Cooking with Liam. We have run through all the cookies that we've made. We've run through everything we've made so far. So uh, at Mick's request tonight, we are going to make peanut butter cookies. And at Liam's request, we're gonna throw some chocolate chips in there, right? Yeah. All right, so first thing for peanut butter cookies is you need to melt one stick of butter. Usually says unsalted, but we only have salted. So one stick of butter melted, all right? And uh, we are going to start with that. If you don't start. All right, so while the butter melts, we need a half a cup of sugar. Sugar. Yeah, yeah. Sugar. Sugar. Okay. Half a cup of sugar. Granulated sugar, but of course we use cane sugar. All right. And. Then we also need a half a cup of brown sugar. So half a cup of white sugar, half a cup of brown sugar. Which kind of looks the same, except the cane sugar is a lot more granulated than the brown sugar. You want to press it down nice and firm. Firm packed brown sugar. You know what brown sugar is? Not yet. Brown sugar is white sugar and molasses. That's it. I hate molasses. Molasses made them throw up in Jamaica. But that's all brown sugar is. It's white sugar and molasses. So if you don't have brown sugar, but you have white sugar and molasses, you can make your own. Anyway. Then, we need one egg. You want to try cracking the egg again? Yes. All right. I'm going to fail. Careful. All right. Crack it on the side. Careful. Did you crack it? Yeah. Yeah? Stick your finger in the hole that it made there, in the crack. Yep. And pull it apart. There you go. I did Good it. Good job. <laughs> All right, go throw that in the trash and wash your hands. Okay? I did it. Fantastic. Then we need one cup of creamy peanut butter. One cup of creamy peanut butter. First time I did this, I smashed it. You did smash it. So, boom, you went a lot harder. All right. So, that's a half a cup. Excuse you, Seamus. I know you love peanut butter. And that's another half a cup for one whole cup of peanut butter. And with the half a cup of white sugar, the half a cup of brown sugar, one egg. And then last but not least, we need vanilla. Will you get the vanilla out of the cabinet for me, buddy? What? Behind me in the cabinet. Okay, what are you doing to me? Mm. Oh, that one. Mm hmm that one. All right. And we need one teaspoon of vanilla. There we go. 
And it looks like our butter is about melted here. So we are going to pour this in, all right? And then we're gonna mix it all up with our electric mixer. But not our artisan mixer, just a regular electric mixer. So, be right back. Elect electric mixer, all right, medium speed. You want to try it? No. No? Okay. You sure? Go ahead. Kind of let it do the work. Just guide it. There you go. See, that's not so hard to use, is it? There you go. Ooh, it's almost fun, isn't it? Oh. Ooh, get that corner over there. There you go. All right, that should be good. Turn it off. I'm gonna pull this down. Okay. Now it's nice and smooth. All right, next. I'm gonna actually line a bowl with some parchment paper, a very large bowl. And I'm going to sift the flour mixture into it. So, yep. You ready? And I have this handy little colander, sifter thing. It's a strainer, but it works as a sifter too. We just put it over the edge. So we need one and a third cups. So we need four of those, because that's a one third cup measure. Yep, level it off. There you go. Try not to get it all over the place. I leveled it. Usually better to level Stop it the other way. kissing my <laughs> leg. All right, four of those right in here. One, okay. If you keep kissing my leg, I will. Mm. Stop kissing my leg, Shamey. Seriously, dog. Alright, then. Three, 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 three. Three. Don't lose count now. Okay. Three. You also need a half a teaspoon of baking powder and a half a teaspoon of baking oh. soda. I'm going to put those in here. There you oh. go. Four. You got it? All right. Now my hands all white. Yeah, it happens. All right. Baking powder, baking soda. And sip this into here. Just like that. Just like that. Yep. See how it sifts in and it gets all nice and fine? Um, you know what? I think we need a half a teaspoon of salt too. Let me throw that in there. My mom's a wizard. Mm -hmm. Woo! It's working! It's working! It's working! It's working! Yep. flavor. Throw a little allspice in there. All right, that's sifted in, right? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> then we're going to mix it in to our batter. Now, we're not going to beat it in, we're just going to use a wooden spoon, all right? So the reason why we learned, lined this with parchment paper was so that we can just lift it out now 
and pour it in. Hey, uh, pull that out so it's like makes a point on the bottom. On the bottom. Whoa! All right, well that works too. There we go. Amazing. Goes right on in. You don't lose anything. And then you just mix it up until it's just mixed, incorporated with a wooden spoon. Liam, you want to come mix this? Fine, fine, fine. Go ahead. I bet they do. I played some hockey for the first time. You did? You liked it, right? Yeah. Good. All right. What do you think we put in here? We put in Heath Bar bits, Butterscotch bits, or chocolate chips? Well, chocolate chips first. Chocolate chips first. Do you want to put anything else in here? What do you want to put in? I don't know. I don't know. Butterscotch, chocolate chip, peanut butter cookies? No. No? <laughs> chocolate chip cookies with peanut butter in them. All right. With Cliff Bar in them. You want Heath Bar too? Yeah. All right. We'll throw in some Heath Bar. Because we love putting Heath Bar in our cookies. We'll throw in some chocolate chips. Why is this egg have a red uh, I don't know. Look at this. I know, it's because I was bleeding when I picked it up and it that's my blood actually. Wow. Alright, so Heath Bar, chocolate chip, peanut butter cookies. Now this dough needs to chill. That's a blood egg. Mm-hmm. This dough needs to chill for I don't know, two hours or so. Two hours? Yep. So, we are going to cover this, stick it in the refrigerator, let it chill, come back and bake them later. All right, our cookies have cooled. Now we are going to put them on our cookie sheets and bake them. Lee, can you start the oven? 350? Okay, so. Oven? Oh, yeah. Oven. Convention bake? Yep, and then just hit start, because you're already there. Perfect. Okay, so. Yes, they are cooled. So, one at a time. Alright. Here. You're going to roll this into a ball with your hands. Why we washed our hands first. So just roll it into a ball, just like this between your hands. Okay? And then put it on your cookie sheet. Ready? Got it? Don't put it too close to the edge because you gotta give them room to spread out. Now normally with peanut butter cookies, you would like press the, down the tines on them um, to make a crisscross pattern on the front, but since we made Chocolate chip peanut butter cookies, we're not going to do that. We're going to treat them like chocolate chip cookies and just let them spread. So, should be able to go three across. a couple different batches of these so we'll be back all right our cookies are ready to go in the oven we have three dozen two big 
bigger cookies and one sheet of slightly smaller ones. So they go in the oven at 350 for 12 to 15 minutes. So uh, I'll have one of these. And maybe I will push them down a little bit, help them spread out. I'll have like pushing them down a little bit. Set it right in the center. Yep, push it down. There you go. You got it. Hold it with your fingers. Take it off. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit too much pushed down. There we go. Boom. Now they're ready to go in the oven. 12 minutes, 350. What do you think? Peanut um, butter cookies? Chocolate chip peanut butter cookies? Good. Good? <laughs> awesome. He got to have a cookie for breakfast the next day because it was like 11 o'clock at night when we were baking those. So, because we started them right after the show um, at, you know, nine. Then they had to chill for two hours. The child was still doing up at 11 o'clock at night. I'm not really sure, but he was up. So I was like, all right, let's finish him up. Um, so that's what happens, you know. So peanut butter chocolate chip cookies. There you go. I will eventually, I promise at some point, get to uh, putting together Just Cooking with Liam episodes and uploading them to our YouTube channel, which is Freedom Gardens. It's Freedom Gardens 3 on YouTube. Um, I don't have a lot of videos up there yet, but I will start putting those up. So that's, that's good. So uh, anyway, let's do a little tribute to Justin. Before we get out of here, I am, again, trying to keep some of these shows under two hours because it makes it a lot easier to upload them for replays. So, and I know, you know, a lot of people aren't available on a Saturday afternoon and might still want to learn about gardening. It's amazing what kind of shows you get sucked into at, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep. You can learn about gardening and electroculture and succession planting for success. So, um, Actually, before I, while I do that, let's go back to this real quick. I'm going to turn the volume off on this and pause it just at the right spot. There we go. Back up, back up. Hmm. Well, that one was good. There we go. Okay. So I still have yet to find artichokes. Um, I will try and find them, but I'm not sure I'm not going to, I'm going to have any luck. So I might not get to plant artichokes. I wonder if I can plant them from, I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'll look that up real quick. You know what? Let's see if we can look that up real quick. Planting artichokes from what you buy at the grocery store. I planted leeks that way, and they're actually doing quite beautifully. Beets, um, the thing about, uh, you know, I also do high-density planting as well as succession planting and companion planting. When you plant three beet seeds at a time in a cell, they, like, they, they get bigger all three get exponentially bigger than you would if you planted them alone. So I'll plant three beets in a cell in any given time. 
in a bag or in the ground somewhere or, you know, wherever it may be. Not real big on beets, so I don't plant a whole lot of them. That's the other thing. Don't just plant things just to plant them. Plant what you're going to eat. I mean, plant things for nutritional value, which is why I plant beets, because I actually have an awesome recipe for beet soup um, in my uh, favorite cookbook. But, uh, you know, I don't, we don't eat a whole lot of beets generally, but you can dry them and turn them into a beet powder and put them in a smoothie and they have incredible nutritional value. So beets. Okay. Broccoli. We love broccoli. We don't get to eat a whole lot of broccoli that we grow here because we live in the deep South. Um, broccoli is a cold weather plant. So I started broccoli in December. That's what I just put in the ground and what is sprouting right now. And then I just started new broccoli seeds just now as that broccoli is sprouting. I just started new broccoli seeds in the, uh, Pepsi bottles and I will transplant them into bigger bags and I'll put them in the shady part of my garden as it gets warmer, which is going to be like really soon. So, um, so that's where I'm at with broccoli. I don't know that I'm going to get a third broccoli planting. I would probably have to do it next week if I'm going to plant a third broccoli planting. We'll see. After that, it just gets too hot here. Brussels sprouts I planted for Mick. I hate Brussels sprouts, but I planted some of them in the pepper garden for Mick. And I'll probably plant a few more again in a bag so that when it gets hot, I can move it into the shady part of the garden. Um, I love those, those fabric planter bags. They're awesome. They work great. Cabbage. Again, I planted um, at the beginning, first week in February when I planted out the whole garden. And uh I just planted some more. I didn't note it on there, but I just planted some more in one of the uh, milk jugs that I turned into a little mini greenhouse. And when that you know, shoots up and gets bigger, then again, I'll transplant that into the shady part of the garden. Cantaloupes are the melons I planted in the melon boxes um, and in the front yard, the front planter thing. Uh, again, about three days apart, I'm going to do another melon box the end of next week. Um, but I do want to save one for melons that you plant, you know, further out. So melons are those kinds of things. They last a little bit longer that you don't have to succession plant so much. Melons take up a lot of space, a lot of space. Thankfully I have a lot of space, um, but I have to plant them in the right places. So I'm going to do a melon box in, like I said, in Gator Cove and I'll probably do another one. Um, that potato box that's that's sprouting in the back. I might do a, a melon layer up there uh, fill, as I fill that all the way up, do melons up there and have them go out through those gardens too. Uh, so I'll have watermelons and pumpkins, but different things get planted at different times. I'm not too watermelons and pumpkins yet. So I need to keep that in mind that I need to save space for those for the future, right? So I won't be planting more cantaloupe. What I've planted now is, is done. Carrots, again, I started those, um, that's 214, you can't really see the one, but in the Pepsi bottles, and then I'll do some more, again, uh, in bags when I get that sand. Um, they're really, really hard to plant in the ground. Carrots are like impossible. Unless you have really loose, sandy soil, they're so hard to plant in the ground. They just, they, they meet something and they 
mutate and they come out looking all kinds of weird shapes. They're still good to eat, but uh, unless you can dig down and loosen up your soil, like as long as you want your carrots. Plus personally, I would love to have carrots that are like 18 inches long. So I do have a, a planter box that I might plant with carrots. Um, like one of those metal things. We'll see. But, uh, again, you need the sandy soil. So, um, and you're not, you know, carrots will last for a while, but you're not going to eat 30 carrots in one week. So if, if you plant, you know, 10 carrots and then in a week after that, you plant another 10 carrots and a week after that, you plant another 10 carrots in a bag or a bottle or something like that, then that's succession planting and you're not overwhelmed. It literally takes me, I don't know, 10 minutes to plant from cutting down a Pepsi bottle. And you know what? I'll do a video on this next week on exactly how I do it from start to finish. Cutting the top off the Pepsi bottle, washing it out, poking holes in the bottom, filling it with soil, um, making a little tag to put in what's in there, planting the seeds, taping the top back on, putting it on the shelf outside. I'm leaving it alone. And that's pretty much it. Right now, because it's formed its own little greenhouse, it's taped up and because I uh, oh, I watered it, obviously, before I planted the seeds so that you don't overwhelm them. Um, it, it only takes a couple minutes. So 10, 15 minutes to plant three of those bottles and you have nine carrots in 120 days. And then if you plant some 10 days later, you have another nine carrots and 130 days. So that's how you succession plant. It's really easy. Cauliflower is very much like broccoli. Uh, it's hard to do. I did plant some more cauliflower in a milk jug as well. Um, and I'll probably plant a third round in a bag, but cauliflower is hard to do. Now, I will say that Wix planted uh, cauliflower with electroculture and ended up with a three pound head of cauliflower. But I can only plant cauliflower for another couple of weeks because it's it's just gets too hot here. Chili peppers. I started a tray of chili peppers the same time I started the tray of the tomatoes. Actually, the day before. The thing about getting peppers to sprout, it's got to be 80 degrees. They have not sprouted yet. It's not that warm in my house. Although I do have them in the sun and inside um, and in a little humidor. But I, if they don't sprout in the next couple of days, I'm probably going to put a heating pad underneath that tray just of the peppers. Again, the uh, chives, cilantro, don't think I'm going to do collards because we don't eat them. We just, we don't eat them. I'm not going to make something I'm not going to eat. Um, but the coriander we do eat. So chives, cilantro, coriander, um, I need to plant probably this week. And things like that, um, I mean, cilantro, I can plant uh, around pepper plants and stuff like that. But I like to keep those contained. And I kind of don't want to waste my bags for all herbs. Although I do have an an herb of a, a bag of, you know, various different herbs that I've already started and I may end up transplanting them. Um, but for those, use cups, honestly, herbs. Um, what I'm going to do outside is plant them in the cement blocks. Those little squares right there, perfect for herbs, right? Then you know exactly what is where and they're not kind of going all over each other. So you have one square block of oregano, 
like inside those concrete blocks. And that'll help designate spots in your garden as well. Same thing, one of chives. You know, you go out, you cut them back. They grow back so fast. The more you cut them back, the more they grow, they grow back. Um, and then they're not just spreading everywhere. Uh, I would recommend you put one spot in your garden. Like I have one bed that's just all herbs and they spread everywhere. That's for competing scents to keep bugs away. And, I, you know, of course I cut them back, but um, that's kind of like a, a free-for-all grab bag of herbs. So, but that's to, to keep things away. Cucumbers I started, they haven't sprouted yet, but I'm going to do them again in a different spot. Um, I mean, I do have some spots that I like for cucumbers. Um, they've done really well, but I'm going to do them, you know, I'm going to do another essentially row of cucumbers. Um because McLove's pickles. The eggplants I overwintered from last year, I don't know how that's going to turn out because I've never done that before. So I am going to start eggplant seedlings this week as well um, in little seedling trays. And I've, I've not grown before, I, but I hear it is excellent in with your salad greens. So I don't have any endive seeds, but I might go look for some. Fennel as well. I, I have to look for the fennel seeds. I don't know where they are. The bok choy I planted when I planted out the whole garden. Um, uh, that is kind of like a, I found it to be like a leafy green last year where you cut it back and it keeps growing throughout the season. Um, but I'll probably start some seedlings to put in the shady part of my garden when it gets too hot so I can continue to have it longer. Garlic I have planted in the duck enclosure and in some of the back beds there. Um, but my mom went and got me more. She just, you know, randomly stopped by and she was like, oh, I picked these up for you. And it's like sweet potatoes and uh, garlic and onions. So now I have more garlic to plant. So I'll find another spot for that. That's fine. Uh, the honeydew is very like the cantaloupe. The honeydew that I planted is the honeydew that I planted and I'm probably not going to plant more this year because, you know, you get a lot of melons off of that. And I don't have that much space. I want to save it for watermelons and other things. Kale, I planted, um, I actually planted a whole nother row of kale in the melon box in the back. Um, and I planted in the main garden. So I have succession planted that. And I have a big dinosaur kale plant already going. So uh, right now in a, one of those concrete blocks, but I'll probably, I'm going to move it out into the garden. So kale is, uh, I have a lot of kale going and it's not necessarily my favorite, although I do like to make kale chips, but don't need a lot of it. Um, lettuce, we love lettuce and I've planted lettuce all over the place. Just haven't updated the board with it, but I planted out lettuces in the uh, salad container or in the milk jugs as well. So, um, so you have your own little head of lettuce there and, uh, leeks, leeks I got from the grocery store. I cut them off and there was already some, you know, I got some organic ones from the grocery store cause I had a recipe that call, called for leeks. I don't use a whole lot of leeks, but in this cookbook that I have, it's my grandma's 1961 New York times cookbook. That is my absolute favorite cookbook of all time. And I've yet to go wrong with anything out of it. Um, I, a lot of the recipes call for leeks. So I bought some organic leeks at the grocery store and there was already some, just a little hint of roots at the bottom. So, you know, cut them off 
and I stuck it in water. And in a couple of days, I had a whole bunch of roots. So I stuck them in a pot and now I have a whole big leek plant growing. So that'll just keep growing back. Um, lemon balm, morrow, that all, uh, again, that's with the herbs. I'll be planting those out. Mustard greens, don't like them. They're like collards, probably not going to plant them. I planted bunch, bunching onions on the second. I do need to plant more onions. I'm trying to figure out where, but we'll get there. Oregano and parsley. Um, I have that whole bed of parsley. I don't think I need more parsley. I, I do want to plant more oregano. So I'll be planting that out. Peas I have planted everywhere and they're all starting to sprout. The next row of peas that I'm going to do is going to be in the East Garden, um, closest to the pond, which is what I'm building this week is the East Garden. So I'll do a row of peas there. And the reason I'm going to do it right, right there along that fence line is because that's the shadiest part of the garden. It's got all kinds of trees above it. Um, when it gets hot, peas die back. So that's everything that I'm planting now in February. In April, we'll go in that part of the garden. Once you, you technically can't really plant it anymore because it's too hot. Yeah, that'll go in that part of the garden. Um, potatoes, I'm constantly planting potatoes. We love potatoes. My next thing for potatoes, and I'm probably going to get more seed potatoes. I mean, you can get you can get seed potatoes in the grocery store. Once they start getting eyes, you just plant them in the ground, you get more potatoes. It's amazing. But again, I don't like to plant them in the ground because they're a pain in the ass to, get, to dig up and they don't really get that big. So I make potato boxes and I plant them at the bottom and then I cover it with leaf mulch and compost and whatnot. And I build it all the way up and I plant melons and kales and lettuces on the top. And so the potatoes grow up in there and, uh, or out, you know, the leaves grow out through the sides or whatever, and the melons grow down and the salad greens grow up in the middle. So by the time the potatoes are ready to harvest and you dig the whole box out, everything else is done. So that's the plan. Radishes. I just planted a bunch of radishes. I planted some in those bags of chicken shit compost that I had. And, uh, I had already planted radishes as well in, um, the, milk jugs. So I have radishes going in a couple different places uh, and I'll be planting more next week. Radishes are like everything else or not like everything else, but like carrots and turnips and um, beets, you know, plant a few at a time because don't eat a whole lot of radishes, but they're nice and, uh, and they're super quick. And then, you know, as soon as you get one or two crops out of them, you can use that space or that bag for something else. So rhubarb, rhubarb I'm on the fence about because rhubarb is poisonous to animals. So, and it's like, it's really bitter. You really have to cook it properly. I mean, like strawberry rhubarb pie is great, but on the fence about rhubarb, don't think I'm going to grow it this year. So uh, rock melons I planted with the cantaloupe. And the honeydews, so same deal. Won't plant more of those. When I get is when I get. I have a big rosemary plant planted already, but I'm probably going to plant some more in the concrete blocks inside the gardens because rosemary is great to keep all kinds of bugs away. Um, spinach, love spinach. And I've got spinach coming up all over the place and I will continue to plant that more in succession. Peppers, same with the chili peppers. If they don't sprout in a couple days, then I'll put a heating pad under them. 
and uh, Swiss chard again with the lettuces. So, um, and that will go again in the shady part of my garden so that I can continue to have Swiss chard or when I have trellises with uh, squashes and things on them, I can plant the lettuces and the Swiss chard underneath because it's, you know, forming shade. So that's going to be in the, the garden that we're building next week. Uh, time. I need to plant more time. I need more time. Turnips, again, like the radishes and the beets, I plant, uh, you know, three or four at a time every couple of days. And then in, you know, turnips again, pretty quick, um, 60 days or so, you know, I have more, plant more continually and we're good. Yams, essentially sweet potatoes, I can start planting now. I have to find some of the ones that I planted last year because they're in the ground. It's kind of rough. And then zucchini. That zucchini hasn't sprouted yet, but I really do like zucchini. I know everyone's always joking about, you know, everyone has zucchini all at the same time. And, you know, you're leaving zucchini on people's porches and in their mailboxes and whatnot. Um, that's fine. I have no problem with that. I like zucchini. Um, so uh, that I will be starting. That will be going in the East Garden as well. Coming next week. That'll get planted. So we're halfway through, a little more than halfway through February. I mean, February is 29 days this month, but today's the 17th. Um, not a whole lot more that I need to plant, but a lot more succession planting to do. But take an hour a day and plant something, anything. And even if you plant that same something three days later, that's great. Take an hour a day, go get out in the yard, go get your hands dirty, go plant something. So that in 40 to 120 days, you can eat something that you've grown, that you know has no pesticides, no chemicals. It's incredibly more nutrient dense. So anyway, my organization is going well. I like it. Anyway, uh, let's do a little tribute to Justin. And then maybe we'll do a little Moda stuff before you, oh no, I'm, well, I'm awfully close to two hours. Meh, we'll see. We shall see. Because I did play the 15 minutes of music beforehand. So it's not that hard to cut. All right. You want to get high? We're growing this as well. Or hopefully that is some of the stuff that sprouted. So for our dear friend, Justin, who is one of the best growers that I know, even though he was one of the worst for eating real food, we miss him every single day.
You're right, Lindsay. An organized life creates an organized mind. Maybe when you're out here in March. Ooh, you know what? I tried this with um, Liana when she was here last year, and it didn't work. When she was here for my birthday, and it didn't work. So maybe you'll be my lucky charm. But I do. I need to get rid of a lot of stuff. I have so many clothes, it's not even funny. Stuff I will never wear again, stuff that doesn't fit me, stuff that's not appropriate for my current life, like my old corporate world stuff. Yeah. Liana did leave me her dummy. And I know St. Patrick's Day is insane, but you're here until like the 19th, right? So anyway, maybe the day after St. Patrick's Day when we're recovering. Um, we need to, uh, I need to take pictures of my clothes and launch, officially launch my Poshmark store, my Poshmark store, because y'all don't understand like the amount of clothes that I have, like a ridiculous amount of clothes. Awesome. Lindsay. Fantastic. Lindsay says I don't do clutter. My, my life is clutter and I need to, I need to purge clutter. So, if, uh, ladies, if you are anywhere between a size like 10 and uh, 14, and you are looking for some nice new work clothes at a reasonable price, keep an eye. Um, I'll be launching a Poshmark store because none of that shit fits me anymore. So... Lindsay, you'll be proud of me, though. I did organize my pantries, three of them. I only have three, um, sort of. Um, the other day, because I did, I brought home all that food for my mom's, and then I was even pulling cans out of my oh shit boxes and starting to rotate stuff through that. Like I have so, I, yeah, it's good. Um, but I took everything out of all the cabinets and then put it all back in in a different way. And then Mick was like, I can't find anything. Anyway, he'll figure it out. So. Hmm. There was. If I can find it. Somewhere. I had a some clips that I wanted to play for y'all that I was kind of keeping for this, but, uh, you know, we have so much content sitting up here right now that it's, it's not even funny. It's really not even funny. Like tomorrow's show is going to be a lot of, uh, yikes because there's so much to go through still. Mm. Nope, that's not it. Hmm. Maybe not. All right, well. Oh, well. 
Check one more place. Hmm. No. Okay. Let's see if we can find. Growing artichokes. How to grow artichokes. I don't even know where they come from. Ah, uh, here we go. Let's see if this is... All right, stop. Watch this real quick. Before we get out of here, because then once I cut the opening 15 minutes of music out, it'll be uh, just under two hours and easy to repost in here. So if you can grow food from, on here, uh, growing food from kitchen scraps. Let's see. There it is. The truth about regrowing veggies from kitchen scraps. I want to know if we can regrow artichokes from kitchen scraps. Because if we can, I'll go out and buy some. We'll see. On the internet in the last two years, you've probably seen all of these regrowing kitchen scrap hacks. Blossom, baby. Gotta love them. Turns out, most of them don't give you what you want. Or even if they do grow, it doesn't grow into something you can realistically use. So we're going up to Chris in Vancouver, BC, who's been growing out all the popular kitchen scrap hacks you see to see just how many work and how many are garbage. If you are looking to grow more food from your kitchen scraps, there are some important things that you need to know to see a higher level of success. Now, with those viral regrowing hack videos, oftentimes they are not that helpful because they are very unrealistic with how plants actually grow. And they oftentimes show these really weird and inaccurate time lapses of one thing growing into something completely different. So in today's video, we will help you understand which scraps have a higher chance of giving you more food and which ones are better off left as being experiments. To do that, we will go into plant morphology or the physical parts of plants to get a better sense of why certain plants or parts will or won't push out more parts for us to eat. And knowing this bit of information will help us set more realistic expectations of these little scraps. And hopefully that will help us uh, determine whether or not a certain scrap is worth our time. Probably the most captivating regrow hack videos are the ones around growing fruit, like citrus, apples, cucumbers, mangoes, and kiwis. Now, the thing with these fruit is that even though you can harvest these seeds and grow something, it will likely take you years before you can grow the plant into something of a decent size to actually harvest fruit. This is especially true with citrus and apples. So commercially, these are grafted plants, meaning that they are not grown from seed. When you grow these from seed, they generally don't exhibit the same characteristics as the fruit that you harvested the seeds from. And also by grafting, commercial growers skip that baby seedling process because if you grow from seed, it will take many years before you can actually turn that seedling into a tree that you can harvest these beautiful fruit from. Sometimes it's not about the weight, it's about whether 
the seeds are duds or not. So if you are a fan of English cucumbers, they are seedless or near seedless. So if you look at the seeds, they're transparent, see-through. They've got nothing really going on inside. So if you try to grow them from seed, nothing's really going to happen because nothing is there. Same goes with a lot of squashes, melons, and basically any fruit that is harvested underripe or bred to not have seeds. So you're not really going to have any luck trying to grow these from seeds. With mangoes and the classic avocado, if you live in a warmer climate and you are okay waiting many years, I say go for it. But if you are in a cooler climate, be prepared to keep these plants as lovely indoor foliage plants, because if they are grown outside without protection of a conservatory or a greenhouse, they are not going to be happy and they will not fruit. Although kiwi seeds are not technically scraps, since you can eat all of this, let me save you half a decade or so of waiting if you are considering growing kiwi plants from seeds. This is because kiwi vines, they can grow really vigorously. So if you can get your hands on a small cutting and get that rooted and in the ground, you will see kiwi fruit in a short amount of time. So now let's switch it up and talk about the vegetative parts of plants, which are the leaves, stems, and roots, as opposed to reproductive parts, which are the flowers, fruit, and seeds. Now, typically the vegetative parts grow a lot faster and more abundantly compared to, let's say, fruit. And thankfully, many of the kitchen scraps that we end up with will push out some sort of vegetative part for us to eat if given the right conditions, such as putting them in water or some moist soil and providing them with some light. And actually, I started a few of these scraps myself a few weeks ago, knowing that I would see some level of success from things like lettuce, celery, green onions, carrot and beet tops, as well as some other fun ones. So basically what I did was chop the parts um, similar to what you would see in those hack videos. I placed them in water and just kept refreshing it and also placed them in light and waited. So it's been about a week or so since I took my kitchen scraps and placed them into containers with a little bit of water. And they've been in the greenhouse in a well-lit spot, um, but not overly hot. And I do see some development, so let's take a look. Okay, let's look at the celery. So we do see some new leaves emerging, which is nice. But at the bottom here, no signs of roots coming out of this basal area. Same with the carrot, nothing really going on. I'm not really expecting anything right now. It's only been a week, but there is a little bit of new growth uh, where the leaves are. So that is maybe kind of promising. Over here, this is looking good. This is the base of the leek. So it's got a nice, healthy, intact stem uh, area where the roots are coming out. It's looking really good. I'm going to keep that in the water. And then here we have green onions. Very familiar. The roots are looking good. I mean, they were there to begin with. Um, but then this top part is looking nice and healthy as well. And those are probably ready to go into a container or the ground. Okay, the beet root will not sprout a new tap root, but we see these lovely greens right here. They are feeling nice. And out of this shoulder area, we are seeing new little leaves emerge. So that's a good sign. We've got the lettuce here. We've got two types, romaine, which is really common. Um, we see new leaves coming out, but the basal area, nothing quite yet, but that's okay. Just going to keep that in water. And I thought I would just do um, a red leaf lettuce as well 
just to show that it does work as long as you keep this base intact. And actually over here, we see some new growth, which is good. And the leaves, of course, everything is looking nice and healthy. So if we're looking at this and going, wow, look at those roots. Well, this was actually taken from one of those clamshell or those bagged living lettuces. So what I did was just trim away the outside leaves and just left this center area intact. And these are pretty much ready to go into the ground or into a pot as a new baby plant. So it's been about a week since our first check-in when we were in the greenhouse. And I'm happy to report that those living lettuces um, that we planted into the soil directly from one of these hydroponically grown living lettuces, they seem to be doing quite well. The leaves feel quite turgid, like they're filled with water. And I do see new growth coming out of the center. Um, generally, they look really happy. So I'm happy um, because with one of these things, I mean, it depends on where you buy them from, but I got them for roughly uh, $3 each. And if I can get like three to four plants, that's a pretty good deal considering I get the plant that I can continually harvest from for the rest of the season. Plus I get the salad out of it. So what I did was um, I obviously separated the plants and planted them, but I kept them in the shade just to acclimate them to the outdoors because let's remember, they weren't really meant to be plants that you plant in the garden. As you can tell, we are inside now just because the greenhouse is getting a little bit too hot and I don't want the heat to ruin our experiment. So this is kind of like the leftover of round one of living lettuce. Um, I'm not trying to grow it hydroponically in this cup because um, to do that properly, you have to supply it with nutrients and I'm really not set up to do that right now. So these guys are gonna go into the ground and I think they're gonna do just fine. Um, so continuing on with the lettuce, I did add this new larger romaine lettuce into some water earlier today because I want to see if the size of this base makes a difference. So this was the first round. This was done two weeks ago and this romaine is only pushing out this little bit. Um, so it's kind of disappointing. Now I'm going to see if the size of the romaine that you start with makes much of a difference. Um, everything else seems to be kind of hanging around, pushing out leaves. So the beet, the carrot, um, the celery, and the lemongrass is starting to show a little bit of something growing out of the base. And then the green onions and the leek, um, they are showing roots. So those can probably go straight into the soil very soon. Here we are today with the same kitchen scraps. Isn't that amazing? So before we talk about this amazing lettuce and the other plants, there are some other plants that are commonly tossed out because they seem like they're past their prime, but they are definitely worth regrowing in the garden. You probably have some sprouted potatoes or some old crusty ginger kicking around. If they are not overly crusty and mushy, you can probably tuck them into a container and let them leaf out and keep growing. So hopefully over time, they will produce these delicious underground parts. So potatoes, it would be this stem tuber part. And then for the ginger, it would be these delicious underground rhizomes. Same goes with onion, garlic, and shallots that have started to sprout the green from the top. Or if you're cooking and you've used the top part and you're wondering what to do with this base, 
if this basal plate or this short compressed stem area right above where the roots are coming out, if that thing is still intact, you can simply tuck that base into a shallow dish of soil, give it some water, it will sprout more green parts for you to harvest throughout the season. So with the leafy lettuce from that living bundle, here they are. Amazing. So after three and a half weeks or so living outdoors, they are practically brand new full-size plants that you can definitely harvest from. So if I'm going to buy those bundles of living lettuces again, I'm totally going to do this setup um, by putting them into a container. And with the other lettuces, I did romaine. So this was the original one, very small, very little leaves, nothing in terms of roots. But here's the younger one where I chose a larger romaine. Big difference. It has, well, bigger leaves and it has roots. So this tells me start off with bigger and better quality scraps if you want to see some results. Um, also, the celery is pushing out leaves and roots as well as the lemongrass. So I would say all of these can go into containers now. So with the taproot scraps, I've got the beet and the carrot. And although we know that it's not going to generate a big bulky taproot for us to eat, the leaves are where it's at. And for me personally, I would choose to use the counter space for the beets because the greens are very delicious and it's more abundant as well. Whereas the carrot, even though it is pushing out some fine roots, what it's going to do, even when we put it into a container or the ground, it's just going to push out more leaves. And although you can eat the leaves when the temperatures rise, this little plant is going to start sending up a flower stalk and the leaves are no longer going to be tasty. But that's not entirely a bad thing. If you let the carrot flower, a lot of the beneficial insects like hoverflies and lacewings really love the flowers. So it's actually worth tucking this into your garden. Speaking of flowers, here are some lovely white flowers belonging to Chinese broccoli or gailan. So I thought I would have some fun because I've never heard of people taking cuttings from this plant. So I followed propagation techniques, found a node, made a cut underneath to see if uh, roots would form. And here we have it. We have roots, but Chinese broccoli, as well as other brassicas like kales, cabbages, and broccoli, they are biennials which means plant wrap up their life cycle after around a two-ish year cycle. And with the emergence of flowers, that signals the end of their life. And what that means for us hungry humans is that if we turn this into a plant, it's actually not going to pump out more leaves or stems for us to eat. So because of this, I'm not going to bother tucking this into a container, knowing that it's on its last legs. And this applies to celery and carrots as well, as those are biennials. But the celery should be okay with harvesting the leaves until the flower starts to emerge. And we really have to keep a plant's life cycle in mind, especially when we're growing these fast growing plants like the lettuce. So with lettuce, they are annual plants, meaning they have an even shorter life cycle than the plants that we talked about earlier. So I'm going to try to prolong the life of these plants as long as I can by keeping them cool and hydrated and happy. But it's going to be inevitable as we enter the hot summer months that these are going to bolt. They're not going to taste good, but that's okay. I'm just going to remove them and replace them with more leafy kitchen scraps. So the main takeaway here, if your goal is to see a faster turnaround on getting parts to eat, go for plants that push out leaves and stems. These vegetative parts grow faster and more reliably, and they are the practical choice for many of our gardens. 
But if you are adventurous and want to experiment, you can go ahead and grow that kiwi from seed. Just remember to have fun with it. As you can see, there's more than meets the eye with these regrowing kitchen scrap packs. Not that they all don't work, but you just have to know what you're growing and what you're getting for it. So hopefully you learned something here from us over at Epic Gardening. Until next time, good luck in the garden. Keep growing, but do not grow worthless kitchen scraps. <laughs> so it looks like the leaks were kind of about it. Still don't know how to grow artichokes. That's okay though. It's all good. So I hope y'all learned something today about how to grow uh, a ton of food. Seriously, grow in succession. Grow, plant a couple seeds every three or four days, right? In containers, wherever, in the ground, depends on what it is, what your growing season is. Um, start the seeds now for things that you want to put in the ground in six to eight weeks. Set up a little shelf in your house, like that silver metal shelf. That's the exact same shelf that I have. I put it in front of a window behind the couch so the dogs can't get to it. And the places that are open to the dogs, I put up like a, actually a little hanging rack so the dogs can't get to it. So um, just start growing now. Start your seedlings now. Don't be what I did last year when I started in April. It was way too late. So start now. February is the most important month of the year. And that's why we're giving away free six pack of 12 inch green thumb antennas at electrofreedom.com. Use promo code LEAP at checkout. You do have to add them to your cart when you spend $50. So spend $50 at electrofreedom.com. Add the six pack of 12 inch antennas to your cart. Use promo code LEAP. There you go. And check the show notes here as well. Actually, I'm going to put it in the chats real quick. Um, to get a ticket to the spring vegetable. Oh crap, I don't wanna do that. There we go. Spring Vegetable Gardening Summit. Okay, go check that out. So that you can all learn more. Right, we can all grow all of our own food together, and be self-sufficient, self-sustaining, healthier, lose weight, have more energy, look younger, eat less, be fuller longer. All of these things have happened to me, literally changed my life. So, with that. Let me uh, check on the scratch on the pilled side here because I do occasionally forget that. Let me try not to forget that today. Okay. The scratch is out. All right. Thank you all for watching. Mick and I will be back tomorrow at 1.45 for the pre-show, 2 p.m. for the start of the regular show for Truespiracy. Get your go bag ready. And uh, we'll go over some new stuff as well, kind of why to get your go bag ready. And, uh, and then I'll be back Monday morning at 8 a.m. for the good book. And then, of course, the Patriot Party podcast Monday evening and so on and so forth. So thanks for watching, y'all. I uh, hope you learned something. And I will see y'all tomorrow. Adios. I don't wanna act too high and mighty cause tomorrow I may fall down on my
Lord, I thank you for sunshine, thank you for rain, thank you for joy, thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day, it's a beautiful day. Lord, I thank you for sunshine.